Hello and welcome to the podcast on Broadwater Parish in Worthing, a thriving Anglican church based in the parish of Broadwater, West Sussex in Worthing. We are one church across three sites and Christians have worshipped for over a thousand years at our church at St Mary's. This podcast features sermons from our services and interviews and other episodes and you can find out more by going to broadwaterparish.org.uk. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy this most recent episode of the podcast. The reading is taken from Philippians 1 verses 3 to 12 which is page 1178 in the church bibles. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident in this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you because I have you in my heart and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you sharing God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. This is the word of the Lord. So let's welcome Bishop Nick, shall we? With a nice welcome. (laughs) Father, we pray for Nick and we ask for your blessing on him as he pours out more of your word and love to us. May we be blessed through this word. Amen. Good morning, everybody. It's lovely to to be here. Catherine's given you a little bit of a background. You may be wondering who we are and why we're here. Um, This is probably the fourth or fifth time we've been to to St. Mary's. Um, We first came when Peter Robin Clark was, was the vicar. We'd been curates together in, in a parish in Yorkshire, so we, we, we knew Peter and Davina quite well. So when we went, Catherine and I went back out to South America, um, to Argentina, where I became bishop of, of the diocese there in the north of the country, Peter suggested the, that maybe this, the, St. Mary's would support us and create a link with us, and you've done that admirably over the last 14 years or so. Um, we, I, always, I always think of, of St. Mary's when I think of prayer support. Without fail, every single month of those 14 years, we received an email from somebody here asking for prayer topics with dates and places, very specific. We had to work quite hard on that, and it's really good uh, that we knew, we knew that someone was going to be using that information. And even if you didn't know us, I know that many of you have been praying for us, and the church as a whole has been aware of, of what we've been doing. Um, even though we don't know many of you, it's as if we do. So, so thank you. And as Catherine's already shared, this is, I've re- we've retired now. We're actually leaving CMS, Church Mission Society, at the, end of the, at the end of the year, next month. 
But a little bit about who we are. Um, this is our family. Um, we have two children, one in, a boy in Jersey uh, who has two children. So we have two grandchildren, you can see in the picture there. And he's married to Sally, who's a children's worker in the church at St. Juan. And Steffi, our daughter, is married to Reese there in Bradford. Uh, we've been, we spent some of the last, some of the last uh, couple of months with them. Um, we had an amusing situation uh, has arisen because, well, as some of you have asked, where are you going now? Where are you going to be based? We're actually going to be in Guernsey. So we were setting up with, in, in Guernsey uh, a situation where we'd be looking after a, a church in exchange for some accommodation, but they needed proof of residence. The diocese needed to know where we lived. And so the secretary said, well, where, have you, where are you living? I said, we're living in our car. <laughs> I think that she had visions of us being sort of homeless on the streets. But effectively, since we came back from South America, we haven't really had a home. We're looking forward to moving over to Guernsey in the next month and being based there for at least the next two years. But it brings to an end uh, a period of time where we've, we've been mainly in South America and sometime in Spain. If we could have the next picture. And it, it, a lot of things have happened this year. Not only have I retired... And we have relocated from South America back to this country. Two very, very sort of big life experiences, as many as you will, will know. But I also had a heart attack and heart surgery. And I'm still, I'm still shaky uh, and, and, and looking into a few medical, medical issues. And so we've had quite a lot of life-changing things happen and are continuing to happen. So that's, that's who we are, what we, where we are now, what our situation is. But I'd like to share a little bit about, about South America and what we've, been, what we've been doing. And what I decided to do was, um, in response to one of the churches we visited a few, a few weeks ago, they said, what have been the three, perhaps three Bible verses that have meant something to you and, and you can t- talk to us about? And they fit in very well with the theme of, of at love out. That we're going to see in a minute. Can we have the next picture? That's the... Uh, there's a map there. That's right up the north of Argentina. You can see half of the map, a bit in yellow, says Wichí on it. We, the Wichí are a large-ish uh, tribe of South American Indians, indigenous people, and they make up the vast majority of the people we've been working with. Although initially I went to do Bible translation with, with a smaller group called the Chorotes, and Catherine's always me- already mentioned the Tobas, and there are, there are other language groups. But the Anglican Church in northern Argentina is 90% indigenous people, hunter-gatherers, live in the forest. If you can have the next picture, you'll see where, where we've spent most of our time living. The biggest forest in South America after the Amazon, although sadly being decimated, cut down even as we speak. And so one of the major commitments outwards as a church was to fight that. Um, the fourth mark of mission, transform unjust structures. Fifth mark of mission, care for creation. We're going to talk about the marks of mission in a minute. But this is, the, this is where most of our friends, most of the, our church members live, and they live from the forest, hunting and gathering. There's, there you see some of, the, some of the younger people. There's loads of younger people seeking the Lord and, and looking for the way forward because, because life is, is very uncertain for the indigenous people with the forest being, being, being attacked in the way it is. So... So that is the majority of our people. Look at the next slide, though. This is, the, this is where the rest of the diocese lives, in cities. Salta, Tucumán, 
Formosa, Tartagal, cities, some with universities, and there are professional people as well. So we've got a wide cross-section cross over a couple of hundred churches. Uh, and it's been our privilege to, to, to lead in mission and to serve pastorally and help people and train people. There's a couple of the ladies from, uh, from the city, one of the city churches, and their members of Amare, which we'll talk about a bit more. And the next picture shows us uh, a farewell that, that Catherine managed to get to. I was still in the hospital or I was still recuperating. But the women from Amare amongst the tribal people came out in force and, and, and were there. So, so grateful for what God has done in their midst. And one thing I think Catherine touched on, but I'd like to say more about, part of becoming a member of Amare and knowing you're loved by God and important is that you need to forgive others. It's about being forgiven. And I think the wonderful good news for, for, for women being empowered in that situation has been that they're loved by God, that they're important. Amare, also, the, the letters Amare stand for for the, the, the empowering of the Holy Spirit in the, group, in the grouping of women in the Anglican Church. It's the sort of the, what it stands for. But as part of knowing you're loved and forgiven, you can't do that without forgiving others. And so part of the training, part of becoming a member, is about, being, is about forgiving others. And some of that can be very public and very painful. But Sandra is one of the examples of a woman who, who was, was nowhere... Uh, until she knew she was forgiven. And then she had to forgive business associates, church leaders, family members, uh, who, who, before she could move on. But when she did, she was so set free. And I think that's a, that's a great lesson for us. So the three verses that I'm going to talk about, and we go to the next slide, have to do with giving partnership. And that's, that's based on the, the number, verse, uh, in verse Philippians 1, Verse 5, you, because, you, I pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. That's the first of the three verses and the three sort of areas I want to talk about. I'm so excited to hear that St. Mary's is going to pay its full parish share and continue mission giving, according to what Tony's telling me. The this has always been a church that has given priority to, to giving in mission. But you may be tempted to think, well, well, you know, with, with Nick and Catherine coming home, we don't need to support the work of South America anymore. I really encourage you for the health and vision and commitment of the church to continue giving, even if you don't know the people to whom you're giving, to world mission. It's such a good testimony. Because it's partnership. We don't do mission on our own. Either, in, either as individuals in the church or as churches, or even as, as, as nations. It, it, there's a lot to do in this country. We have the gospel to preach. We have to share Jesus here in Broadwater, in Worthing, in Britain. But we do it in partnership. And so the work we've been doing over the last 15 years, we've done in partnership with you. You've had a contribution to it. And we can come back and tell you what's been happening. And we have a contribution to what goes on here. But that's the, way, that's the way Paul worked. That's the way Jesus worked, in partnership. Uh, and God's, God has chosen to be in partnership with us and called us to be in partnership with him. And so it's a giving partnership, a partnership where we give uh, and, and receive. 
And what Paul is talking about in Philippians, when he talks about your partnership in the gospel from the first day, what was the first day for the Philippians in the gospel? Well, Paul and his traveling companions reached Philippi, and there were three people who they brought to the Lord. Well, there are probably many more, but the three we read about in Acts 16 are Lydia, an influential businesswoman, And then there was a nameless slave girl who was demon-possessed, and Paul set her free, or the gospel set her free from slavery uh, to to her owners, those who were abusing her. And there was the jailer who thought he was going to lose his job and probably his life for having having let the prisoners go when there was a, a divine earthquake. And he said, what must I do to be saved? Right question. The answer you must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your family. And Paul baptized them all. So those were the three people we know about. There were many others. Partnership in the gospel from the first day. And we know that Lydia, at least, continued, hosted a church in her house. And the Philippians continued to support Paul as he went on towards Rome. And he said, I'm hoping to get to Spain. Please continue to support me. He was talking financially as well as been in prayer. So it's one of the things I think we've learnt, and that's meant a lot to us, that we're in partnership, and we have people praying for us, and we feed feedback to them, and that's something that's, that's gone on. I'm not sure... Yes, the next, the next two or three pictures. Um, I was privileged to, to be bishop of northern Argentina, and in the last couple of years, I was sort of heading up a team of bishops over the whole of South America, which you'll see in the next picture, here with their wives. And one of the things we noticed shift over the 14 years was the shift from missionary leadership to national leadership. When I became bishop 14 years ago, we were nearly all foreigners in the leadership. But that now they're all nationals. And that's so exciting. But it's still a partnership, because as you saw in the last slide, there was, there was an Englishman, a man from Singapore, and a Bolivian leading and sharing and the, the, it was a partnership. And now the Bolivian's in charge. You know, and that's the, that's the way it's, it's moved and, and the way we're seeing. And of course, the partnership isn't just within, within our organization. Amare is linked in with Mother's Union. We linked in very closely with Bible Society. So there's lots of parachurch organizations, informal um, linking in together and a partnership. And then, of course, if we have a look at the next slide, the, the partnership between people. This is our dear friend, Crisanto, an indigenous man by, by European standards, very little education, but he loves the Lord. He's a wise man of God. And he, we asked him to smile there, but he was so sad that we, he were leaving. we were leaving. But <laughs> he couldn't, but he, he wanted to express his, his, uh, his commitment and love for us. And then in the next picture... Crisanto again pointing out on a map. This was at the Lambeth Conference last year with a Japanese bishop, with another South American bishop and myself, reminding us of where we, where we, that we share a planet, but we're linked up. It, it, it's, all, it's all linked together. And, and of course, the, they didn't know the man from Japan, but there they were. You know, we're in partnership even if we don't know each other. So an exciting moment in, in world mission where where more and more um, crossing of frontiers, sharing of ministry, and raising up of national, local leaderships, and sharing in discipleship. And I think this takes us to my second verse, 
which is about going global. The verse that's so often associated with, 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 with missionary talks, Matthew 28, 16 to 18, Jesus said, all authority is given to me uh, in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And I want to b- draw attention partly to the making disciples, but that that is about commitment, uh, a, a close commitment to people and friendship and imitation. But of all nations, Jesus was, was sending out his disciples into the nations. As the Father has sent me, he said, so I send you. And what did he send them to do? Make disciples. But also the sorts of things that, that, that Jesus was sent to do are the sort of things that are on God's heart. And so part of making disciples is, is, about, is about going out and doing what God loves doing. In, in society, going global. Um, if we go to the next picture, I've mentioned there the, 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 the triangle, similar to up, in, out, there's a discipleship triangle. Information, imitation, innovation, that making disciples isn't just about teaching, teaching facts, teaching knowledge. There is information we need to learn, we need to learn, we need to read our Bibles and learn what the gospel is all about, learn what, what, what love is all about. But we, we're not going to do it all by reading or by, by listening. It's also about imitation. Jesus gathered the disciples around him and took them and showed them what to do. It's about imitation. But also about innovation because then they have their, their specific gifts and can go out and do what only they can do. I often use the illustration of Lionel Messi we're privileged to have been supporting the best football team in the world for several years now, and murmurs going on. But, um, but take Messi as an example, even if you don't support Argentina. Uh, Messi didn't learn his football from a book. He had to learn the rules. He had to learn how to play the game. But he, but he learned mainly from doing it and from following others, learning from, from how others played. But then, of course, he transformed that through his genius and his innovation into his own game. And that's what it's like with discipleship. All of us have got to learn the information, copy those that bring us to faith or those that we walk alongside, but then make it our own game. And similarly, take seriously the making of disciples in that way with other people. So going global is about going into the world. The other thing I wanted to share about that was was the conviction that the planet is, 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 a, is a shared home. But we, we're learning this more and more, aren't we, that what we do affects what happens in other parts of the planet and so on. And in the same way, we, we, we're not just working in our patch. Everything we do affects uh, more widely. And this fits in with the, the marks of mission. Before I talk about that, I just want to show you a couple more pictures this is someone called Mirna, who is now pretty much running Amare, one of the leaders in Amare. She's an indigenous Wichi girl and very committed to training and making disciples and, 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 and leadership. She's not only indigenous and a woman, but she's an Argentine who is, who is leading and serving. And then my next picture is, is, is another of our new leaders who is the vicar general in our diocese, uh, at the moment, Daniel Lescano. He's of European descent, of Spanish or Italian descent. And again, working very much as a national leader alongside, in partnership with, 
and in mission, making disciples uh, in, in northern Argentina. So let me bring you to the next slide. The, the marks of mission. How many people are familiar with the marks of mission? Not many, okay. Well, I'll, I'll just go through that quickly. It's a sort of dashboard, a sort of checklist. If Jesus is sending us out, what is he sending us out to do? And we tend to think, oh, well, he's sending us out to preach the gospel. But what does that mean? So over the years, the church has developed this sort of checklist that all of these five, there are five areas, it could be more, but they've been reduced to five to remember them by. And it's tell, so tell the gospel. There's got to be some, te- there's got to be some witnessing, some preaching, some proclamation. So part of mission, but only one part, is, is, about, is about speaking. The second mark of mission is teach, about nurturing new believers, about making disciples, about bringing people to faith and helping them to grow. So tell, teach. The third one is tend, because it's just as much mission to go and visit people in hospital, to pray for the sick, to stand alongside the poor, to help the weak, and, and, and those who are, are struggling. So service, diakonia, is, is the third one, tend. The fourth, we've mentioned already, transform. There are unjust structures. It's not just about helping those who have been knocked down, but, but helping them not to be knocked down anymore and actually see what, what needs to be changed in society. Stop them cutting down trees in the forest or whatever the, 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 the struggle might be. Gen, uh, one of the things that Amare is very involved in is, is the um, struggle against gender-based violence. So the whole of November each year, there are, there's a there are concerted um, awareness raising and, and campaign against gender-based violence, helping women to understand what to do if they're being beaten by, by a family member and so on. So transform unjust structures. And the, fi- the fifth mark of mission is treasure. Care for creation. Treasure what God treasures. God, God loves this planet. He wants us to love this planet. And there's so much t- still to be done. And so just the full text of the next one, the next slide, this is the, uh, as, as they are in full. I can't actually read the words from here, but you can, probably from where you are. But those are the five marks of mission. And it's a good checklist. We don't have to be doing all five all the time. But as a church, we need to be across across the church, across the denomination, across um, the, the groups and so on, thinking, uh, how many of these are we doing? Are we, are, how, uh, how are we focusing on going global and taking seriously what God sends us into his world to do, which is make disciples? A couple more pictures just to illustrate our partnerships. This is uh, an elderly Chorote man praying with the, one of the directors of the Argentine Bible Society and putting the, um, translating the scriptures into his language. A number of, a part, big part of our work has been to do with Bible translation. And again, that is so much part of, of mission, even if, it's, even if it's sort of for the church, it's also for the world. And then the third and final verse which I think is in some people, in some ways, quite surprising, where we think of witnesses, growing witnesses. We think of witnesses of those who, who, were, sent, who were sort of empowered by the Holy Spirit at Pentecost to, to witness, to say what they've seen and tell others. But in fact, Isaiah 
talks about God calling us to be witnesses. Why? So that we may know that he is the one. It's for our sake that we become witnesses. So that we may see what God is doing. We're witnesses to what God is doing. And we will understand who God is and what he's doing. Uh, and, 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 and our relationship with him be transformed. Let me just, let me just um, read that because I think it's... Uh, an interesting take on the, the meaning witness. Isaiah 43.10 You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. That's what being a witness, we're privileged to, to be able to know God. And he calls us as his servants in order to know him, to know that who he is, to know more of his love, to know, to be thrilled by him, and know that there is no other God. It's, that sounds an inward-looking thing, but it's in fact God sending us out into the world to be witnesses, to sort of wear our heart on our sleeve and say, well, we're not doing any of this because of us, it's because of God. And that is, that is effectively our, our calling. So we're called, we're called to be witnesses and to love God, to, to recognize who he is. The catchphrase in, in um, Amare is love in action. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, your mind, with all your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. And if we love God, we will love the things that he loves. We will do the things that he does because um, he, is, he is who he is. So it all comes back. It's all about you, as the song the song says, it's all about God. Okay, just a few, more, a few more quick pictures to finish with. We're privileged to, just before we left South America, a number of, number of new leaders were ordained. This was one of the very last meetings that I attended. Uh, it was a pastor's conference, and pretty much the whole of the, the, whole of the big church was full of, of newly ordained pastors. There were over 100 um, new deacons one or two priests, and all rearing to go. But men and women, although most of the people in that picture are men, the next picture is a woman, are of women. So there's, uh, there's perhaps less ordained women, but that doesn't mean that the ones without, without robes, without ponchos, aren't doing the job. There's a lot, a lot of, um, of very, very keen women serving there. And then, then quickly, a couple of other pictures. This man, this man recorded the voice of Jesus uh, in, a, in, a, in a recording of the New Testament that we did into his language. Great privilege to have that translation, which is 25 years old now, put in the put in, um, uh, recorded audio version. And finally, a couple more pictures of, of, of Amare. This is in the Buenos Aires, the women being received as members, and then in the final two pictures. There we have the logo on the back of the pink T-shirt, the up, in, out, the, the women worshipping God, loving one another, and going out into the world. And I think it's, it's largely due to the, to the initiative of praying women that we've got to where we got to before we left. There's a lot more to do. But one of the first things that happened when I became bishop was that a group of women, not, not dissimilar to this group here, um, came up to me and said, Bishop, you've got to do something about families. 
said, what do you mean I've got to do something about families? He said, yes, we don't know what to do. We're losing our children. The young people are all on drugs. They're going on the internet. We don't understand how that works. And, and it's, all, it's all very worrying. And we're, lo- we're losing our families. Um, and so we, we sat down and began to listen and talk and pray and came up with one of the things was Amare, but other things as well to do with strengthening uh, discipleship in the family, work with children, um, supporting women, and so on and so forth. So thank the Lord for praying women, so don't underestimate, underestimate what can be done within the family which can transform society. Because when a, a year or two later, Amare celebrated its, an, its anniversary of its, of its founding, we said, what are you going to do to celebrate? And the women said, we're going to go out and pray outside the police station, and then inside if they let us. And they then, the women all went out on the streets, publicly as Amare, and prayed in the schools, the, the police station, the hospital, and went and, and, and uh, shared what, where, how God had changed them. So nobody told them to do that. That was how the Lord led them. As, as a result of being transformed by his power. So go out in the power of the spirits. Let me remind you just the final picture of an open-air confirmation service. Um, just to remind you of those three areas. Giving partnership. I thank you for your partnership from the first day, says Paul. A growing, a going global. Go into all nations and make disciples. And... Um, who remembers the third one? Growing witnesses. Uh, go, grow to know the Lord um, more, more personally and let him send you out and be transformed and transform others. Shall we pray? Thank you so much, Father, for calling us. Thank you, Lord, for your transforming work in our lives. Thank you for what we can learn from one another in the world church and thank you that we can have our part to play. We pray now for those that we love here and around the world, even if we don't know them. We pray that you will strengthen your people. In Jesus' name, amen.